the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jacob is scared for his life again. And what does God say to Jacob? Go to Bethel. Go to Bethel. Go back to Bethel. Go back to the place where I first appeared to you. Go back to the place where you first met with me before. And God in his grace calls us back to Bethel time and time again, doesn't he? To just go back. Go back to Bethel. And God calls us back time and time again because we're prone to wander away from the Lord. I have something important to tell you. God in his goodness looks past your mistakes and wants you to come to him. Or if you've wandered away, come back to him. We see this desire in the life of Jacob. Jacob allowed his daughter to hang with the wrong crowd and the whole family paid for that decision. But God, in his love, told Jacob to go back to where they first met, to remember how much he's loved. This message is no different for you and me. This is what Pastor Dan talks about today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 35 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to be in Genesis chapter 35, Genesis 35, Genesis 35, beginning with verse 1. And then God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands and the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and as they journeyed, the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of of Jacob. And so Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, and he and all the people who were with him, and he built an altar there and, and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died. And she was buried below Bethel under the terebinth tree. So the name of it was called Alan Bakuth. Then God appeared to Jacob again. And when he came from Padanaram and blessed him, God said to him, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you and Kings shall come from your body, 
The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac I give to you, and to your descendants after you I give this land. And then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, a a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him Bethel. Then they journeyed from Bethel. And when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. And so Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. And then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. And it happened when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went in and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard about it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's maidservant, were Dan, Naphtali. And the sons of Zilpah, Leah's maidservant, were Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padanaram. Then Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, or Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had dwelt. Now the days of Isaac were 180 years, so Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, being old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Lord, we thank you for this chapter and Lord, we ask, as always, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 34 that we looked at recorded an extremely tragic time in Jacob's family. Uh, Jacob's daughter Dinah was violated. In retaliation, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, killed all the men of the city of Shechem. Jacob feared that the other Canaanite tribes would join forces and attack him and his family and kill them. And so Jacob and his family were going through a major crisis. It was an awful situation on many levels. You know, and we saw where Jacob really failed to lead his family well and to navigate that situation. When the story continues into chapter 35, where God now speaks to Jacob, and when God speaks to Jacob, listen, God doesn't say to Jacob, Boy, Jacob, what happened? Or, Boy, Jacob, you really blew it. Or, Boy, Jacob, you you really mishandled that whole thing. What kind of father are you, Jacob? I'm really disappointed in you. God doesn't say anything at all like that to Jacob. And what you see is our God is just incredibly gracious. You see the grace of God here with Jacob. And the Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. You're in Christ. 
There's no condemnation. The Bible also says of God, a bruised reed he will not break. The smoldering wick he will not snuff out. If you're bruised and beat up by life, he's not going to just break you off. Or if your fire is almost out and you are, you know, you're like a smoldering wick. It's barely burning. He's not going to just come along and snuff it out. That's not our God. That's not his character. That's not how he is. Our God is very, very gracious with us. And we see God just showing grace to Jacob after the events of chapter 34. You know, Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. When we sin, God responds with grace. When we sin big time, God responds with big time grace. That's just how he is. And we see that illustrated here with Jacob. Instead of condemning Jacob for his failings, God showed Jacob more grace. Look at what he says in verse 1. God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel. Again, here's Jacob, chapter 34. You know, this huge crisis. His daughters violate it. His two sons murder every man in the town of Shechem. He's fearing for his life. Now all the Canaanites are going to come and kill us. And God speaks to him in that moment. And God says, arise, go up to Bethel, Jacob. I love this. If you remember, Bethel is where God first appeared to Jacob more than 20 years before when Jacob feared for his life because his brother Esau wanted to kill him. And he was fleeing to Haran. And he gets to Bethel. Remember the story of Bethel where he has the dream of the ladder up to heaven, the stairway to heaven. And he sees God in a vision there at Bethel and God speaks to him at Bethel and God made a covenant with Jacob at Bethel and God promised to be with him and protect him and bring him back to the promised land one day. And so Bethel is where Jacob first really encountered God. And now Jacob and his family are in this mess. Jacob is scared for his life again. And what does God say to Jacob? Go to Bethel, go to Bethel, go back to Bethel, go back to the place where I first appeared to you, go back to the place where you first met with me before. And God in his grace calls us back to Bethel time and time again, doesn't he? To just go back, go back to Bethel. And God calls us back time and time again because we're prone to wander away from the Lord. All we like sheep go astray, the Bible says. We are prone to drift And maybe, you know, for you over the last year, you've just kind of drifted away from God. Your relationship with the Lord isn't what it used to be. You've just you've kind of cooled off in some ways. You're not committed to the things of God as you once were. Jesus isn't the priority in your family that he once was. Well, if that's the case, God invites you to come back to him. He says, come back. Just come back. Leave where you are and come back to me. You know, in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus speaks to the church in Ephesus, and Jesus commends the church uh, for many things they were doing right. But then Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, but you have left your first love. You've left your first love. You've left your first love, which is Jesus Christ. And then here's the wonderful thing. Jesus then tells the church in Ephesus what they must do to return back to their first love. 
He says to them in Revelation chapter 2, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Jesus said, Remember, repent, and then return. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment, but first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Remember from where you have fallen, he says. Remember what your relationship with Jesus used to be. How on fire you were. How much you loved spending time with Jesus and worshiping Him and being with God's people and going to church and how committed you were and how faithful you were. Remember how you enjoyed the Lord and serving the Lord. Remember, and then repent. Turn back. Turn back to Jesus. Turn back to Him. Go back to Bethel. Remember, repent, and then return. Return back to your first works. Do the things that you did when you first fell in love with Jesus. What things were you doing when you first fell in love with Jesus? Do those things again. And here's the wonderful thing about our God. It it doesn't matter how long you've been away. Or how far away you've drifted from him. You can always come back. You can always return. God invites us to come back. Here God invites Jacob back by telling him, arise, return to Bethel. Jacob, go back to Bethel. Where we first met. Where you encountered me. And then look at the verse again. God says, and dwell there. Live there, Jacob. Stay there. Live in that place where you met me. And then look at the verse. God says, and make an altar there to God. Now, we have seen in Genesis occasions where the patriarchs voluntarily made an altar to worship God. This is the only time in Genesis that a patriarch is voluntold to make an altar And worship God. But do you see the prescription that God is giving Jacob here? He tells Jacob, go back to Bethel and resume your life of worship. You've drifted away. You've wandered off. So go back to Bethel. Build an altar. And resume worshiping again. Do you see God's grace here? I mean, he just simply says, go back and resume a life of worship. This reminds me of how Jesus restored Peter. Remember, Peter denied the Lord. And after the resurrection, Jesus purposely sought Peter out. Tell the disciples, I'll meet them in Galilee and tell Peter in particular. I'll meet him. And then Jesus sought out Peter there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and had breakfast with Peter. And Jesus simply said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep. That's it. That's it. It's real simple. 
Not Peter. I don't know if I can trust you again. Peter, you really blew it. Not Peter, you got to give me a hundred push-ups and a hundred pull-ups. To be restored. Just do you love me? Feed my sheep. And here, Jacob, go back to Bethel, build an altar and start worshiping again. Now, when Jacob met with the Lord at Bethel some 20 or 30 years before, as he is leaving the promised land, fleeing from Esau, this is back in chapter 28. And God met with him there at Bethel. Jacob made a vow to the Lord. He made a commitment to the Lord. Jacob said to the Lord at Bethel 30 years before, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. He makes a commitment. And then we're told in chapter 28 that Jacob set up a pillar of stone marking his commitment to God. But Jacob hasn't kept his commitment. He's drifted away. He's wandered away. And maybe you've made a vow to the Lord. Maybe you've made a commitment to the Lord that you haven't kept. And you've drifted. And so now God reminds him of Bethel. And Jacob is thinking back to the promises he made to the Lord at Bethel. So look at verse 2. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone, just as he promised to me at Bethel. Now, I wrote down, all right, Jacob. I wrote down, all right, Jacob, because Jacob is boldly leading his family now. Jacob is boldly leading his family to follow God. He takes a stand for God with his family. He tells his family, put away the foreign gods. Remember, Rachel stole the gods of her father Laban as they were leaving Haran. And there may be others in the family that we don't know about that have some foreign gods we don't know. But Jacob here says, put away your foreign gods, which tells us that Jacob knows that there are members of his family that have idols. He knows it. And he's allowed it. As the dad, as the father, as the leader of the family, he knows some of the members of the family, some of the kids maybe have idols. And he's just allowed it. For years. And maybe he allowed idols in his home because he didn't want the confrontation with his family. He knew that it would just be a big fight. And so it was easier just to allow it. And not say anything. But now that he is reminded of Bethel and he is reminded of the commitment that he made there to God, Jacob takes a stand in his home. And he tells his family, I made a commitment to God to follow him and serve him. And so we can't have this kind of stuff in our house anymore. It's just not acceptable anymore. It's got to go. And yes, I've allowed it. Yes, I understand. I haven't said anything before this. I know I've permitted this. But we've got to get rid of these idols. These idols that are in our home and in our family, they've got to go. 
I want him out of the house. And you need to purify yourselves. You need to clean yourselves up morally. He says this to his family. And you need to change your garments. You're not allowed to dress like the Canaanites anymore. We're not going to act like Canaanites. You're not going to dress like Canaanites. You're not going to talk like Canaanites. You're not going to listen to the music of the Canaanites. I don't care if all the kids at your Canaanite school dress that way. You're not going to dress that way anymore. This is Jacob's, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord moment. And you know what? As parents, I want to challenge you, challenge myself too. And I I say this in particular to fathers, uh, to courageously take a stand for Jesus Christ in your home. Take a stand. Don't allow things into your home that shouldn't be in a Christian home. Don't allow idols in your home. Don't allow anything into your family that becomes a bigger priority to your family than Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, if you have things in your home that take priority over Jesus Christ, be courageous enough to get rid of them. And to say, we're not not going to do this anymore. We're followers of Christ. We're not going to allow this anymore. Make Christ preeminent in all things in your family. And you may get pushback. There may be some arguments. But it's worth it. To take a stand for Christ. And so verse 4. So the family gave Jacob all the foreign gods. Which were in their hands. And the earrings which were in their ears. Now that doesn't mean the gods against earrings. So this was part of their idolatry. You know, they, their idols were kind of like little trinkets, little like, you know, lucky rabbit's foot kind of thing that you would wear. And so they take their earrings off, these idolatrous earrings, and look what it says at the end of verse 4, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. Their gods could be buried. <laughs> you don't want to put your hope in a god that you can bury in the ground. By the way, they tried to bury our God, right? After three days, he rose again from the dead. Didn't work. You can't bury our God. So I want you to see here what Jacob does. Jacob takes their idols. He buries them at the foot of a tree. And that's what we do with our sin, isn't it? We take our sin to a tree. The tree of Calvary. And Jesus, when he died on that tree, on that cross. He took our sin, he bore our sin, and died on the cross to take away our sins. And after he was crucified, he was buried. Our sins were buried with Christ in the ground, never to be seen again, completely removed. So you have a picture of that here with Jacob burying the idols. Verse 5 says, And they journeyed. So now they start their journey from Shechem. They're heading to Bethel, heading south. It's roughly a 25-mile trip. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. God put fear into the inhabitants of Canaan. The people knew, the people of Canaan knew what happened at Shechem. They knew that, hey, two Israelite men wiped out all the men in a whole city. What could 12 Israelite men do? 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward his people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for his creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with a local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. And I recognize the hands that craft in them Well, I know because I know His voice And it only takes willingness and a conscious choice You need not guess there's a thing of truth that is unmistakable And knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.